Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Away with Jamila Jamil. I hope you're well. I am really, really happy to hear how uplifting so many of you found last week's episode with Gina, I'm, I'm pretty confident that there have to be moments of release and relief for all of us amongst all the shit that we hear for women, where we hear empowered women talk about their struggles, but also talk about how they've overcome them and give us inspiration to carry on and to break new ground and to open doors for other women. And this week I'm bringing you yet another dose of that same energy with such a fabulous guest, such an unusual woman. I, I've gotten to know her in the last sort of six months and was so excited to have her on this podcast because I think, you know, as I'm kind of suggesting, hers is the energy that we need currently. She is someone who has had such an interesting relationship with shame and who is kind of still finding her way out of it and talking us through that journey in this episode and just being so strikingly blunt about truly every thought in her head about some subjects. She says things in this episode that very few women especially would feel safe to say publicly and I rate her so much for it and it's why I find her to be such a fucking breath of fresh air. She is a comedian, she is an excellent, excellent writer and I keep her book by my bedside table, it's called Amazing Disgrace. Her name is Grace Campbell and she is going to be one of your new favorite voices out there in the world. She's fucking hysterical on Instagram and she's going to be performing a big comedy show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this August. So if you happen to be going there, check out Grace Campbell. But we talk about her trauma, her relationship with men, what that's done to them. And also something that I feel like we don't talk about enough, which is that sometimes even if we are out there being told to be fucking girl bosses and boss bitches and I don't need a man and heteronormativity is so embarrassing and there's nothing more embarrassing than being heterosexual and, you know, we just want our girlfriends, we just need our girlfriends. I'm very here for all of that. But also sometimes some people just want a fucking boyfriend and we have to not completely exclude that conversation, I think, from feminism. I think it's okay and it doesn't take anything away from you or your power as a feminist to also just want the love and comfort of maybe a man 
And Grace is a fucking phenomenal activist who has worked with Scarlett Curtis, who's one of my good friends, who's also been an exceptional guest on this podcast before. Go and check out her episode. But they've worked together with the pink protests to empower so many young women around the world and actually get involved in legislation towards protecting girls and women, especially in the UK. Grace is just, as I've said, a breath of fucking fresh air and she has a fire and a confidence that makes you feel unbreakable when you're listening to this episode. You might even find it a tiny bit jarring at times and I challenge you to confront that in yourself when she's extremely confident or when she's extremely blunt. I think she's fucking cool and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you think of her and what you think of this episode. Go and show her love on Instagram, buy her book, Amazing Disgrace, check out everything she's done. I really think she's going to be a lasting and powerful voice for women in this industry. And I can see the more I get to know her, why so many young girls look up to her now. So enjoy the absolutely phenomenal Grace Campbell. Grace fucking Campbell. Hello. Hey. Hi. Welcome to I Way. How are you? I'm honoured, to be honest. You're wearing a little headset. It looks like the one that my boyfriend wears to um, <laughs> to play Call of Duty when he's really trying no, to turn I me know. on. I feel like really <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> like I what could is be this? This is like a call centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I just quickly got stressed out and went to my parents because I was like, I don't have wired headphones. I haven't done a podcast for ages. And so my mum just gave me this and it's amazing sound quality, but I do look like I'm in a call centre. <laughs> you know what? I actually think it looks really great on you and I think you should wear it all the time. I vibe it because I, I would be great in a call centre. No, it really suits you. It's mm, it's, it gi- it's giving Jerry Maguire. Do you know what I mean? Just oh walk God, around really and pretend is. you're really yeah. busy all the time. <laughs> Ari Gold, love that. <laughs> How have you been? I've been great. How have you been? I've been, I've been sad good. since you've left London. Well, I've been sad since you left America. So I, know. I, I properly started hanging out with you, like properly, probably about six months ago. And you came... You seduced me and then you fucked off again. But it's for a good reason. It's because you're getting ready to do a solo show at Edinburgh, which is really exciting. At Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is an amazing comedy and arts festival in Scotland. How are you feeling about that? This is really intense. I'm feeling really excited, actually, because the first time I did the Edinburgh Fringe, um, I was really, it was like a, a massive first for me. I'd never done anything like it. I'd never performed an hour. I hadn't done like a long run at anything. So, because the Fringe, you have to do the same show every day for about four and a half weeks. But then on some days, if you sell out, which you, if you're lucky, and I did on the first time, I had to do it twice, sometimes three times a day. So it is so draining. Okay, so how old are you when you did the first? I can't I imagine. 25. Uh- that's so scary. So how do you feel now going into Edinburgh for the second time? You are older, you are wiser, you've been through a whole pandemic since. 
You've been through so much, even during that time, even since I've known you in the last six months, you've been through so much. How do you feel now? Do you feel more in your body? Do you feel more confident? Do you give less of a fuck? Yeah, a hundred percent. In a way, like it was so good that that happened to me. And I'm sure you have experiences that you've gone through, which were like absolutely awful at the time where it's like, oh my God, because now I just feel like much more impenetrable like these people won't be able to make me doubt myself in the way that I did then and I did that summer and so I feel much more mature I just feel much more sure of myself where it's like I know why I'm doing it I'm doing it because I want to make people laugh it'll be just a much more even keel experience it'll be exhausting but yeah completely I don't feel like I actually really don't feel that nervous about it at all And so talk to me about men. This is what the new Edinburgh show is about. And it's about your kind of relationship with men and your analysis of it and and where it all comes from. Correct? Why did you want to make this show about men? Well, do you know what? (laughs) Actually, like, I originally, it came from a much darker place, to be honest. Um, It came from a, like, slightly more traumatic place because... As you know, I had like a really bad experience last year with a man and I was basically sexually assaulted, um, which wasn't the first time in my life that that happened. It was like, that's actually happened quite a few times to me. But this time it was in America. And I remember after that thinking, oh my God, like nothing has changed. The first time that I started like speaking about this in my work was years ago. And I felt like I was really foolproof to something like that ever happening to me again, which was so ignorant, obviously, because like we still live in the same world and actually like nothing has changed in the last five years when it comes to like men feeling like they still feel that they can get away with so much than they like are licensed to. So I remember like after that, and then I was having like bad experience after bad experience, like in dating. And I was like, oh my God, like men, I've, I've given them way too much power my whole life. I've given them way too much power. Um, in my mind, like they've held way too much space in my head and my sort of, I, I'd always, and I, I really like vividly remember this, like even at the beginning of my like first big relationship, I remember feeling like how he saw me was more important than like how I saw myself. And it really mm. defined me at like loads of moments where like if him and I were in an argument, I was in an argument with myself. If he, if it, if he was angry at me for whatever reason, I, I probably had been like super annoying. Cause like I, I can be incredibly annoying in relationships. But it's more that I wouldn't be able to detach myself from it, yeah? Like, we'd have a fight and I'd, like, annoy him and harass him on WhatsApp and then he'd say, I don't want to talk to you because you sent me, like, 5,000 messages today. Which is, like, Mm -hmm. fair enough, like, so irritating. But if he was annoyed at me just for, like, an hour, like, I wouldn't even be able... I wouldn't have been able to go on stage. I'd be so, like, so angry at myself. So it was that lack of detachment that I had from me and men and and since I've gotten to know you, I've basically gone on this journey, which we'll talk about a bit bit more, like through... Oh no, what have I done? No, in a good way, like as in... (laughs) It's all your fault. You're actually the... Everything's my fault, You are the twist of the show, Jam. At the end, I'm like, no, this isn't even a show about men. It's about one woman who's ruined my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, in, in all honesty, like after sort of like, what happened last year in America and and then you sort of 
reminding me to do EMDR, which is like an amazing type of treatment for like trauma-based therapy. And then I have, in the last six months, it's the new year, I have basically weaned myself off of this addiction from male validation. And it's it's amazing. I remember at the beginning of this year, I had to do a day every week. It was Mondays every week. I would not talk to it a man apart from my gay best friend Jack I couldn't talk to a straight man every Monday I would have like a day and now I'm going absolute months on end without doing it <laughs> like I've this is a, a proper this is a proper man ban <laughs> yeah no no I completely every Monday I was like no man Mondays and I was like I was really like having to enforce it if someone would try and talk to me I, I would ignore them archive them and then the next day be like hey sorry so you're, was probably, having- you're probably kind of treating this like aa i really that's the, I that's was. the kind of thing that friends of mine yeah who who um have addiction kind of they have to go on a kind of complete cleanse in order to break the cycle they say you can break any cycle within 28 days um but i maybe i need to try that with online shopping um but i uh because it- it's an addiction. Like I, I was addicted. It wasn't normal. My relationship with men was not like how. Is it the inter? What is it that you? What is it that you're addicted to? Though is it, it the intimacy? The, no, is it, it the validation? I don't think it was the intimacy because I actually don't struggle with intimacy. Like I, I that that's well. It, it, I no. Do you know what it was? It was the validation that I would get from a man texting me. So it wouldn't even have to be like physical or like I'd see them. It would be. I love the feeling of a man being like, you're amazing or like reaffirming my existence. And actually it was, I remember so well after I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, the first thing that I really struggled with was him not being on the other end of the phone. So if anything happened, like I suddenly think I've got like something wrong with me or like my health anxiety, like flares up or whatever and I'm like convinced that I'm dying it would always be him that I would call and he would always calm me down and it was like Scarlett would say this to me Anna like all of my best friends would be like you can just call someone else but that took me like two years to get to a point where I, I felt like I could get that validation from a friend not from a like boyfriend does that make sense yeah but do you know where this comes from have you been like this since you were a teenager no no, I was never like this. And that's what's really interesting. I mean, I was obsessed with my dad, like completely obsessed with him and right. really like obsessed with with his approval. But do you know what? It, it wasn't actually that deep. Like it wasn't until I actually think, and it's one thing I'm trying to work out how to approach it in the show. I think it's because I like, I was so, got no validation from men as a teenager at all. Why? I was... I was just so not like uh, uh, boys thought I was like really unattractive and really annoying and really loud and like really like in their face and they, they all just like were r- repulsed by me. Was so this I during repul- the year that you had a, a wart on your nose that you named exactly Rice, Rice Krispie, Krispie, which is one of my <laughs> favourite stories in your absolutely exceptional book? Your book is your book is so good. I mean, you know this because you've heard from several friends who have stayed with me that your uh, I keep your book on a nightstand because I have a, a room um, that my friends can come and stay in anytime they want, and it's often where people come when they need like refuge. They need somewhere to. Uh, somewhere to go when they are sad or in pain or struggling with their health, their mental health. Um, and right next to the bedside table is a copy of your book because I genuinely think it can cheer 
anyone I read it in like my darkest hour uh Scarlett Curtis gave it to me as a present when she could see that I was really emotionally struggling and it completely elevated my mood and the way that I look at I look Ooh. at the world um but anyway that was just a, a random well, that thing that makes to me say. really happy because that's sort of what I'm aiming to do in general really so okay so you had I mean, there's also, by the way, the most extraordinary open letter to Dua Lipa in this book, which, I mean, alone is is worth the read. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. Uh, I loved it so much. Anyway, getting back to what you're talking about. Um, so you had no attention from boys until what age? It was so interesting. It's like, uh, well, definitely until I got into my 20s. And then every year it's just, and it makes me actually really resentful of men because it's like, I don't think, because um, I've always been exceptionally arrogant. Like even you talk about that Dua Lipa thing. It's like when I was at school, I was so full of myself, despite everyone being like, you're butters, you're annoying. Like I wasn't particularly good at anything as well. Like I wasn't like really smart. I was just, I really just always backed myself so much. Like even Where if other people. Where did that come from? I love that. My mum says it was like a bore. I was born with it. Like my mum says that like from the moment I was born, it was like everybody has to listen to me. And everybody's always told me I'm annoying, like forever. Like I've been called annoying throughout my life. Men now find me so annoying. But it's almost it's almost like I've got some kind of like it, it, it's the one thing that I'm just like, I don't really care. I don't know. It's because I love my personality and I feel like if I wasn't me, I'd want to be me's best friend. And I've, I've always <laughs> thought that. <laughs> Like I've always, always thought that I would be so gutted if I wasn't me and I met me and then me, I just walked off. <laughs> oh my like, God, I'm going to make this a clip for the podcast completely out of context. That's <laughs> honestly, that should be like a TikTok, like it should be like a viral TikTok sound. That is, that is such a, that is such a wonderful thing to hear. You never hear anyone say anything like that, especially not a woman. And it's not even jarring or grating <laughs> coming from yeah, you. Yeah, like, it's so it's just, funny because I pull it off. It's just, I pull it off. I know. It's, there is, there is something about you though. Like from the second I'm, you have this just diehard confidence like your feet are so firmly in the ground upon which you walk at all times you're so incredibly present and it I can imagine it maybe being intimidating to some people because it's like because because nobody feels this way and regardless of how much money or success or whatever they look like or blah, 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 nobody I know I know people who are at the height of all of those things who haven't got a modicum of that kind of confidence and there's something so inspiring about it like when I after I met you and I think James felt the same way after we met you we were like we want to be a bit more like that you're so just you're so in your body and you own your shit and you own the things that are that you are not perfect at but I really love the fact that you back yourself and it's something that all of us need to do because fucking hell if we don't at least have ourselves on our side who else are we going to be able to rely on for that I mean, unconditional love? I mean, it's so love? true. It is so true. And like, honestly, and the only thing I'll say, right, is like on that, like I back myself so much, apart from when it comes to men. They're your Achilles heel. They are, because that's the only, and Scarlett says it all the time. She said this thing, I remember like when I was in this, I was once in this relationship and it was like quite like 
unhealthy and like I was saying, I was being completely defined by like whatever the mode of the relationship was. And I remember she said to me, she was like, the thing is like in any friendship, you're not like needy or obsessive or like demanding of validation in this way, because you know that all your friends love you so much and like want to be your best friend. It's only with men that I become really, really doubtful. And I'm like, I, I need, like, I remember I once had a boyfriend, I made him make me his screensaver because I was so convinced he'd forget about me when I wasn't there. That's the level of like, I had no confidence when it came to men. So actually it's like that thing with, I know that like everybody wants to be my friend and maybe this is my other problem with men. It's like the amount of times I've been dumped, Jamila, by someone who says, but I really want to be your best friend. And it's like, we don't get to have that actually. You don't get mm. that. And so that's why I've got such probably a complex about it. Anyway, coming back to that like, original point, like when I was, then I've got older and more and more men have obviously, as you get older, like start to be attracted to this like sense of self, I guess that I have. And then I got into like a long term relationship. And then like, you know, since then I've had all these different experiences, like with dating men where with each one, I've gotten closer to exactly like that thing I just described that I feel in general about myself, where I've got, I've been able to back myself in relationships and I've been able to actually say for the first time, like, this isn't working for me. This isn't making me happy. And I know that I'm better alone where I didn't feel like that a few years ago. I felt like I had to sort of really, I, I felt men telling me I'm amazing for that brief moment was worth whatever turmoil or like, you know, complexity or like downfall that it came with and now I've gotten to this point where like I do and this is sort of like what I want to really the show to be about it's like I've gotten to a point now where I just completely do back myself across the board like with men in relationships and, and in work but it, it's been so hard <laughs> it's so hard it's like any I mean the thing with my addiction with men it's like it really was an addiction and so then I had my man ban was once a month, once a week. I had a day where I didn't talk to men, but then I didn't get with anyone for two months, which was amazing. And then I got with a girl, which was like really cool. And I was like, oh, okay, it's not just men that I'm like obsessed with. Um, and then since then, I've just become more like, oh, these people are just going to like come and go. And then maybe I'll meet someone and have, you know, something like what you and James have, which like is like, an amazing relationship, also a partnership where you like back each other. But un unless it's that, I, I look at you and James as like this like pinnacle. Uh, unless it's that, I really can't be bothered at the moment. I mean, we do still like want to kill each other every so For often. Sure. It's like it's seasonal. Like once every season, <laughs> <laughs> we plot each other's death. <laughs> but This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're gonna get that hour 
where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to. And this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week. You just have this complete freedom. Honestly, I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant. It's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Saving money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Sump pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast-iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards and don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at I really rate you coming on and talking about this because and making a whole show about this because I think in our current era, um, you know, of feminism and you are uh, an, a wonderful feminist activist. You have pulled off so many incredible things at such a young age within activism and social justice. And I have loved your work long before I ever got a chance to know you or meet you and and love your passion. And so as a, a vocal and adamant feminist it's definitely probably unexpected for you to make a show about your dependency on men, your need for men, your desire for their attention, the amount they consume your brain. And also it feels like this generation, it's not cool to talk about being, it's not even cool to be straight now that people, there's often that kind of like sentiment of like, there's nothing more embarrassing than being heteronormative than than (laughs) liking men. And so, you know, we're, we're not supposed to admit that we want these things or we want that validation in spite of the fact that 90% of our conditioning from birth is to find a partner, to find the prince, to have the wedding, to settle down. And so we're constantly wrestling with all of this. And I think it's sometimes, like I hope it's coming from a real place, but I think sometimes it might be accidentally a bit disingenuous, the amount we talk about not giving a fuck. Because then we suppress, we suppress how much we do care about wanting a relationship, whether it's regardless of the gender of the person you want. It's it's okay to to find that a bit of a struggle at first. And I think it's really vital that we have these conversations about this dependency, about this need for validation, about these things that are very much so happening to so many people. And now they feel like they can't even really talk about it because that feels cringe. And I, I know. Do you find know that what? quite worrying. That that is actually such a good point. And I don't I, I weirdly like haven't I haven't even thought about that enough because when I'm doing like I did a preview for this show last week and 
uh, there's, there was a point in the show where I said, you know, like, most of the people here are straight because I just, like, know my demographic and um, just was talking to loads of them. Most mm-hmm. of them are women. Most of them are in relationships with men. Um, and then I did this bit where I talk about that texting thing, which has been a real issue of mine of, like, sort of saying everything that I want to say on a WhatsApp argument and getting into these WhatsApp arguments with men and, and often feeling like men... If you're like a woman in a relationship with the kind of men that I've often dated, which like football, laddie, like there's a sort of type of like banterous thing in the guys that I go after. But they, you're often faced with these similar things of they're just like, oh, you're being so ridiculous. Anyway, like in the show last week, I was like, oh my God, so many women here feel really seen by me talking about this because mm-hmm. we're all often dickheads we're all often dating or in relationships with dickheads, but we're not, I feel like at the moment, and women feel like they have to be in like really perfect relationships if they are in relationships, basically, to like validate the existence of being Yeah, or they have to pretend that being alone and not wanting anyone is completely easy, which it is for some people. And it did become that for me, but also it's a process. So I think it's really unhelpful when we don't show our workings out and that's what I kind of appreciate about your show like I listened to your hour from last week and it's great it feels like I'm actually going on a journey with you of learning how you manage to unpack and unfold this sort of innate emotional structure within yourself because for me it was a it was such a big decision to be like I would honestly rather be alone and I'm going to learn how to be alone and I'm going to learn how to go to bed at night or, like by myself with no one to cuddle I'm gonna buy a boyfriend pillow which I did and I highly highly recommend <laughs> oh my god it's like, honestly it's like a yeah. u-shape it's the most extraordinary it's like it was actually really hard to get rid of it when James kind of came <laughs> into the picture <laughs> The thruffle. Yeah. Me and the pillow. He's getting jealous of the pillow, but I um I shouldn't have fucked the pillow, to be fair. No, uh, <laughs> but it it was uh can you imagine just lying next to your boyfriend just dry humping your pillow? Yeah, I mean my um, yeah. We've all done uh, it. We've all yeah. humped the pillow. I'm sorry. Whether we were six years old or just last year, we've all humped a pillow at some point. Everyone's teddy bear has seen something really 100%. awful in there. My yeah. <laughs> Everybody had a jelly cat back in the day that was just like... <laughs> Not a jelly cat! Oh my God! Those life-size jelly cats. Do you remember them? They were like the fucking same height as me. I'm like, how can I not try and have sex with you? Oh my God, Greg! <laughs> literally made me a, to- a toy. <laughs> oh God. But, um, but... With with him, I was really hard on him, you know, as in, in a way, in comparison to how I hadn't been hard enough on any boyfriend before. I was just like, I would honestly, I'm now just, I'm going for, not for him to be a perfect person, but for me to be in a relationship where I'm happy, where I'm growing, where I'm challenged. I want all those things or else I'm, that's it. I'm doing it alone. Like I would rather, I'd rather not because you give so much of yourself in a relationship. It's so, so much endless compromise for both parties. Mm. And you are putting down a big part of yourself to make space for someone else. And that's great. But it has to be, you have to be getting really a lot out of it. If you're agreeing not to shag one of the eight, uh, like any of the eight billion other people on this fucking planet. Yeah. You really has to be fucking worth it and has to constantly be worth it. And even though we've been together seven years, we're still working to make sure that it's worth it for each other. 
And I think that that's, that's a standard that took me until I was almost 30 to make for myself. And I, I 10 out of 10 would recommend but do you know what, it's actually, is that, it's like, uh, okay, I remember my therapist used to like tell me about boundaries and I used to like laugh and be like, I thought boundaries were like a thing that everybody sort of like was making up and I didn't really understand what they were. Like the term having a boundary, I mm. really, I used to be like, ah, ha, 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 like, and even like people on social media be like set boundaries. I used to just, I, I couldn't comprehend what it actually meant. Because it took me so long to get to a point where I could actually have standards and say, no, that's that's not going to work for me. And you're like pushing me to my limits now. And it took me such a long time. And I just feel like anyone listening to this, it, if you're nowhere near there, like it's such a process. It just doesn't, it takes such a long time. And it takes as many sort of failed relationships as like it might take for someone to come to the point that I guess you like you got to before you met James. And like, hopefully I'm I'm getting to now. It takes a long time. It does take a long time and it is hard and it does require constantly challenging everything we're being told via social media, via women's magazines, via books, media, everything. It's, um, it's, it's really like, it's, it's really an onslaught that they should be our main focus. And, and our career that we have is until we meet the right person, we settle down, then we have babies and then we do all the fucking work. That's still subliminally in the water it hasn't it's, gone considering no, how far we've come it hasn't gone it's still what I see most of my friends doing and there's again same. no shame no, I just don't I want people to feel like that is the prescription that is I, I I reject it with my with every fiber of my being I reject that honestly same and like I I really thought that people my age or like slightly older like wouldn't prescribe to it because I was like oh my god obviously we're also post like Hindus and like baby showers and gender reveals and all of like that stuff and, and making a big deal out of getting married. Like anybody cares that you're getting married. I stopped saying congratulations now. I had to, I have to catch myself because I'm like, what is that? Why am like, I congratulating someone for having someone want to settle down with my amazing friend? Like congratulations yeah, exactly, exactly. to him. <laughs> but also it's like the way that people expect you to spend money on a wedding, like, these like going abroad, I'm supposed to spend loads of money as a single person on the fact that you guys have decided to make a big deal and show off about the fact that you're like happy in a relationship together. It doesn't really sit right with me. And I thought we, I thought the world had evolved more and now I'm getting into my late twenties and I'm like, oh, okay. You better really fucking watch happen. out now that you said that for your own wedding. No, now none of us are coming abroad for you. <laughs> yeah, but like my, my wedding, I'm going to be like, if I ever got married, I'd be like, you, as in the person I'm getting with, shut up, sit down. This whole thing is going to be about me. Like, you better be happy that it's basically just going to be my 30th or 40th birthday party. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I, the, the, there is still a, a, a hysteria around it that I think we need to kind of unpack. So, with some people with addiction, you know, especially when it's not an addictive substance, right? When So we're talking about like sex addiction or gaming addiction or this, that and the other. Often it's because of a thing that they are running away from 
and they find either solace in their addiction and distraction in their addiction, or they have a way to feel, you can feel ashamed of the addiction. And so you are trying to externalize your inner shame about something else via the addiction. Like I'm so embarrassed that I'm in this situation again. I'm so like, I'm hiding it from all my friends. You know, I'm, I'm doing this thing that's compulsive and unhealthy and no one knows about it. I'm dirty. I'm bad. I'm wrong. It's like a, a way to kind of project that outwards. Do you know what the, what the kind of foundation of your addiction is? Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's, it's not the, it's less the latter and much more me running away from uh, having to do things on my own, basically, and having to actually deal with life on my own in the way that we all do. You know, like the reality of my parents have been together for like 44 years, but they very much are healthily detached from one one another and do things and deal with things separate. And, And I sort of... I feel like what I've been doing um, is, and it probably comes from a, an early, you know, I've had anxiety probably on and off for a really long time and I, I didn't know it um, until I was in my late teens. But I think I was, I've actually really always been very anxious, but really good at masking it. And then I think what I got so dependent on was feeling like I had someone else there, I guess, to look after me Um but less even that when it was in practice, because it was more me feeling like I had to make sure that they were happy so that they would never leave. It, it's all feeling like scared of being alone, scared of being abandoned. Um, and so what's been amazing about this year, which I feel like is what you said that you had as well, is like having that man ban or going through these periods of being alone. Is a, it's, I mean, now I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I can't even imagine being in a relationship because... I'm so happy on my own now. It's the first time in my entire life. Um, but that's definitely what I've been, yeah. I remember when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, it was in COVID. And so instead of just dealing with it and processing it, I went on Hinge and met another guy. And on our second day, asked him to move in with me. Mm-hmm. And then he came and lived with me for four months. I barely knew him, but he like was stuck in the UK because he couldn't get back to America that was the level of like, I, I could not be alone. I, I just couldn't do it. And I remember thinking, my friends were like, you're wild. Like, why have you got this random person living with you? But it was because I was so, I was so, so deeply scared of being alone and of being in my flat on my own and of having no one to like look after me. And so do you think part of that is that you sort of, I don't know, you kind of, you're so independent, you present as so wildly independent and unneeding of anyone else's approval, et cetera. You know, we've already just touched on this, like how, how you come across, how firmly you kind of stand on your own two feet. Do you think that you're presenting more of that than is real? And that's why it then kind of like bursts out onto men? Or do you think that that is authentic and this is just a separate issue? So I think there was a massive disconnect between those two things. I thought in general, yeah, I, I do feel that. And I, and I, and I sort of, okay. Weirdly, I was listening to your episode with Jane Fonda, which is the most amazing thing ever. Like I can't, I I loved it so much. Can you believe how posh I am in that episode though? Like, because I was was so fucking scared. (laughs) It was amazing. I just loved it so much. She's, amazing but she spoke so well about like that 
experience of like trauma and how what happens is you do form two versions of yourself basically and there is the version of you that's self-presenting or whatever to the world which so I don't know where that version of me being the most confident person in the world begins and where this more vulnerable part of me which does need comfort and care and to be looked after I don't I don't know how completely they're defined but I know that in the last year those have gotten much more closer together and that's totally and and they've started to feel more like one person I think it's I think it's great to strike a balance but I also just want to say to you and to anyone listening out there there's also nothing wrong with needing people and with needing that intimacy and with you know we are supposed to be community-based we are supposed to be uh we are supposed to be social we are supposed to be loved and cared for so I think it's just about striking that healthy balance where you do it because you want it obviously not because you need it but I, I also don't want the kind of like the the new era of young women to think that it's not okay to want or crave that a bit because it's also really good for you to have those things but I think it's just important to be able to survive without it which is what you're trying to and and this is like not to like shit on like some of the way that the world is now but this is what annoys me at the moment about like some of the dialogue around like being a woman where it's like actually like you just said it should be a healthy balance where you shouldn't feel you need it. And obviously I, that point where I decided to go on hinge and meet someone, I didn't think I needed it. I just thought I wanted it. And then it's only now that I can really see that it was in, in a much more unhealthy way, which is like any addiction, like, you know, when you have that breakthrough. But what I don't like at the moment is this narrative of like, it being really bad to say you want a boyfriend. Like, why is that so bad to say that you want to be in a partnership, you know? And I, that's something that I don't prescribe to at all. I, I think if you want to be, even I have this, I have this so much of girls or like people I know who are girls who are dating or who are single who say, I don't want to like say to someone like early on that I'm looking for a relationship because it might scare them away. And it's like, but you're looking for a relationship. So you should just say that. But we're so scared of, of sort of seem, you know, women are constantly like, I don't know, it's very complicated. But I don't like this idea that like, you shouldn't want to be in a relationship. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, you and I both being like relatively outspoken, very, very outspoken. I'll just get out. There's no point saying relatively. Extremely, <laughs> extremely ridiculously, maybe a bit too much sometimes outspoken <laughs> feminists. <laughs> um, it means that we also kind of maybe pressure ourselves, but also feel a lot of external pressure to then be this like archetype of of what feminism is now projected to be and that can sometimes tiptoe into misandry which I don't personally subscribe to myself it's a kind of like hatred of men um there there is this feeling that you kind of have to boss your way through life and I don't need anyone and I think there are so many elements elements of that I love because we've been trained to be so dependent on on being loved and on being wanted and needed but I do think that it's really, really toxic for young people, you know, especially the next generation, to be raised with this kind of false individualism ideal that we're all just supposed to be alone and that's cool and being... In, and also, you know, there's this... I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the media that goes out to that generation as well is, like, quite toxic and a bit... I agree. My mum says this unhelpful. a lot where, like... 
some sometimes I feel like we're slightly losing the the like we're losing the capacity to compromise in relationships as well. Like, look, if you're in a ba- bad unhealthy relationship, one hundred percent leave. But like, I've heard people sort of say like you should leave a relationship for things that are like like so minor. And my mum says this a lot that I I relationships, long term relationships, not that I've ever been in one that's you know been like impressively long but they're really hard work and you have to compromise constantly and like you said earlier both people do and there's slightly I don't what's the best word here I feel like we're losing that in the in the dialogue around relationships yeah if it's not perfect and yeah it doesn't really work and you shouldn't expect everything you need to be in one person yeah because that's what your friends are for. They're there to fulfill the other little bits and bobs. Probably not the shagging bit, but I don't know. If you're in a modern relationship, maybe that's where that you're gonna, maybe that's where you're going to find a get a fucking jelly cat. <laughs> and this advert, this podcast is brought to you by jelly cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think, I, yeah, I, th- I think that there's just a lot of very extremist views, and and it's always the most extreme views that somehow like make it to the kind of the pinnacle of the, you know, FYP page, whatever, on social media. And if the more extreme something is, the more it's going to travel because it's going to create a lot of dialogue. And so I don't want people to think that's all there is. It's really just about balance. And so I don't want you to kind of like, I don't know, spoil your Edinburgh, you know, special, but but where are you getting to now? I know you've it's been a couple of months. You're feeling good about things. You're still having therapy. Um, no, I'm not. I've actually stopped doing my talking therapy now, but I'm doing still EMDR um, for certain things. But I'm feeling really like touch wood, you know, feeling really good at the moment. I, f- mm. I feel like I've fa- finally found that balance. And I don't know how that's going to change when I do get into a relationship again. I'm not really overthinking that or stressing out about it because like I said, I'm not going to do it unless it feels like it's worth it, which is really like what you were describing earlier about where you were. Like it has to feel like it's something that's really adding to my life now. Um, so I am swimming and doing yoga. Like most days I try and get eight to nine hours sleep. So boring, but like smug. I love it's really smug. Yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry. I, I, I mean, I absolutely love sleeping. I'm so lazy. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. I think where I got to with my own sort of like my own position was just to become responsible for myself, to not to and accountable for myself, and to not say I'm a victim of everything. Even if I've had to be, even if I have full on been a victim of some things and had to survive certain things and others' actions. Generally, I wanted to be responsible and accountable for myself because I found that very empowering and I didn't want anyone else to feel like they had to be responsible for me. And so then you start dating more for the pleasure of it. You know, I want someone to be a pleasure. I want someone to be a happy addition to my life. But I have always got me. I will always yeah. be there for me. I can I can control me. I can help me. I can soothe me. I I want to be my own Swiss army knife. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, and then James is there for support and love, but, but everything that he brings in is now in excess of what I have Mm. built for myself. And so I don't need him at all. 
which I think he had to wrestle with at the beginning of our relationship. I just want him. And so as long as he continues to make me want him and vice versa, we'll stay together. But I never, ever, ever want to come ever again from a place of, let's just leave that as I never want to come ever, ever again. Uh, no, no, I never want to come from a place <laughs> of, of, uh, of fundamental need. And I think it's great that you're having therapy. I think it's great you're doing EMDR. Uh, I've spoken about it a bunch on this podcast as uh, eye movement desensitization and I think reprocessing. Uh, it's an extraordinary therapy for trauma. And, you know, you've kind of touched on lightly the kind of trauma that you've been through in your life be that sexual assault, be that bullying, be that rejection, like traumatic levels of rejection, because it is fucking traumatizing. I was rejected by everyone until I was about 21, unless I was being molested by someone, you know, like that was the only kind of form of affection that I would receive from other people or attention I would receive from other people was unwanted, inappropriate attention. But anyone I actually liked, no one, everyone just thought I was too tall, too weird, uh, too sort of, I present as very asexual, um, you've t- spoken before about how you present a sort of like hypersexual sometimes mm, like people mm. what did you say that people see you and just presume that you're a vegan who loves anal and coke yes that's it people look at me and think I'm just a fucking massive cokehead whore basically someone once came up to me in the smoking area at Soho House and he was like I saw you across the room and you just look like you smell of sex and I was like, Ugh. what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? So uh, that is another thing that I've had to really, yeah, toy with actually is that is, this is so interesting and I, don't, I haven't really quite worked out how to put this in the show, but I have this issue and I remember saying this to you when we were in LA of men wanting to have sex with me, which is the complete opposite of what I used to have when I was younger. Men want to have sex with me and like love the idea of having sex with me. And then as soon as it gets into anything emotional or gritty, they're like, whoa, this is too much. So they love the idea of it because they think I'm this two-dimensional like version of whatever I put out online mm. or in my comedy. And then actually, obviously, I'm a person with like mental illness, clearly like mad and have all of these other layers to me. And then they're like, oh, I can't handle this. It's really interesting. It's like, where is your nuance? Well, this is the pornification, you know, of culture, isn't it? Where people are just looking at you and thinking she'll be up for anything based on like stereotypes that have been amassed from looking at nonsense online, whereas actually you just want to cuddle. I just want to be, I just want to be held. Yeah. (laughs) Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. (laughs) 
anyone who is going to be at Edinburgh Festival, go and see Greatest Show and also definitely, definitely buy Amazing Disgrace. It's one of my favourite books I've read Aww. in years. And it is honestly one of the most like soothing and hilarious and relatable books. I really... I really love the fact that you never put on a front. I love the fact that right now you are being exactly the same as if you were sitting on my living room floor with me. I think it's incredibly bold how honest and open you are in every single facet of your work. I also hope Ooh. you know that you don't always have to do that. Like you don't owe that to anyone. No, but, but it's I don't even think about it. That's the thing. I just you have clearly like wrestled with and dominated shame in order to, mm. to show up so authentically as yourself in a way that very, very few people do. And I know you receive a lot of judgment. I know you receive a lot of personal cutting opinions online. And and it is massively inspiring to, to watch you back yourself the way that you do and to allow for your vulnerabilities, allow for your mistakes, allow for your own growth. I think that that's that is also a really prominent, important form of feminism that we don't see enough. You know, I was talking on this podcast recently about being like, I'm here for fuck up representation. If we're going to talk about diversity, you can't just have so a bit, bunch of different, perfect looking, like uh, people from different like minorities who never make mistakes and always say and do the right thing. That's not fucking diversity. Where are the fuck ups? Where's the mids? You know what I mean? I'm here yeah. for the mix. I'm here. Do you know I'm what? That to... is so true. And it's that same thing of being like, I just am so happy to be here and talk about like my want or need for like men and sex. If it makes anyone else feel like, oh, okay, that is normal. Like I don't, I don't have to be expected to be like perfectly like healthy when it comes to relationships. I'm yeah, so it's... happy to do that. It's okay to be dependent. It's okay to take your time to unpick all of this. You're up against a lot and and you're going to be okay. And it is possible. And there is a light of self-respect and self-preservation at the end of that tunnel. And it's it's great that you're bringing everyone else along for the ride. So before I let you go, I just want to ask you one final question, Grace. And that is, what do you weigh? I weigh um, an amazing group of friends like the most I just have so many unbelievable relationships with people and it's like completely um unconditional love and support um a capacity to make people laugh and cheer people up um and make people feel less alone um a really good wardrobe <laughs> you do have a really good wardrobe also i can't believe that you've dressed today to match your fucking barbie kitchen behind you um no i i have like i guess empathy like the thing that i feel i've like built and built and built and it comes from a feeling like it comes from all of my experiences in life of, of always knowing that people you don't really know what's going on and I feel like I have so much empathy and I have such capacity whenever someone comes to me in like a crisis or where they have something they want to talk through with me I'm honored because I'm like I'm so honored that I'm someone that you feel you can talk to mm. so a lot of empathy and I'm really just like so proud of of getting to this point where I feel um I can really help help people and understand other people I don't know am I really rambling no no, you're not. No, I think. What else should I say? <laughs> I, I think. I think you've. I think you've nailed it. I think okay. you've nailed it, and I think you weigh all those things. And 
and soon you'll weigh your uh, you'll hit second Edinburgh show. Yeah, stand up and and my comedy club and I've helped so many like other like women get into comedy in London mainly and that's been amazing to watch. I've helped. Yeah. Well, I love you and I have loved getting to know you and. I really, really appreciate you in all the ways I've already said. And I will see you fucking soon. Honestly, thank you so much. The things you said about me, I can't. Like, you're, you're, you're too nice and you know I love you. And I'm so happy that you're in my life. Honestly, it's just completely transformed it. You're a wonderful, wonderful human being. Seriously. Well, now if it ever goes tits up, everyone knows who to blame. <laughs> it won't go tits up. It's only it's only up from here. Love you. Literally, love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Aaron Finnegan and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code IWAY. Lastly, over at IWAY, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iwaypodcast at gmail.com. And now... We would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners. I weigh my journey to becoming more intuitive. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.